Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate WordPress Guide podcast. I'm your host, Peter Schoenfeld, and thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast. Check out our website at ultimatewpguide.com, our YouTube channel, The Ultimate WordPress Guide, and follow us on social media for news, tips, tricks, reviews, and great resources on everything WordPress. Now, this episode is a continuation in our search engine optimization series, the fourth episode in a series of nine. Back in episode four, I briefly talked about SEO and gave an overview of each of the pillars that make up a solid SEO strategy. If you're not caught up, I suggest you go and listen to it first. It'll give you a good idea of where we're going with this series, and it's only about 12 minutes long. After that, I published the episodes on SEO fundamentals and SEO for user experience. Go and listen to episodes 6 and 9 respectively to bring you up to date. Now in this episode, I'll talk about the next pillar, which is technical SEO. Technical SEO refers to improving the technical aspects of a website in order to increase the ranking of its pages in search engines, making it faster, easier to crawl, and understandable for search engines. Technical SEO can be considered as part of on-page SEO, which I'll cover a bit later in the series. Why? Well, because it essentially focuses on improving elements on your website to get better rankings. It is the opposite of off-page SEO, which I'll also cover later, but the latter deals with generating exposure for a website through other channels like backlinks, social media, etc. So why should you care about technical SEO? Well, Google and other search engines want to present the best search results to their users. Therefore, Google's robots crawl and evaluate your website based on various criteria. If these bots can understand and interpret your site well, you'll be rewarded with higher rankings. But it also works the other way around too. If you make serious technical mistakes, it can cost you. RankMath is the most powerful way to get the best WordPress SEO tools added to your site. Download it today for free or choose a pro plan from as little as $59 per year. That's less than $5 per month. Go check out the link in the show notes. With an easy to follow setup wizard, clean and simple user interface, content AI, built-in advanced SEO analytics, Google index status, Google Analytics 4 integration, rank tracking, advanced schema generation, custom schema building, schema markup validation, knowledge graph meta, keyword comparison and Google Trends tools, XML markup, automated image SEO, local SEO optimization, WooCommerce and easy digital downloads SEO, advanced bulk edit options, SEO reports, client management, social media meta cards, search engine verification tools, redirection management, Gutenberg and Elementor SEO, podcast SEO, detailed documentation, and 24-7-365 support. This is the only WordPress solution you'll ever need. Now back to the show. Now let's look at all the components or characteristics of a technically optimized website. First is HTTPS. The basic difference between HTTP and HTTPS is the latter is more secure. Think back to what I mentioned earlier, creating a good experience for the user. And if they don't feel safe accessing an insecure site, they won't. And therefore Google and other search engines won't give you a thumbs up. Now most hosting providers these days builds an SEL certificate into your hosting bundle. For the ones that don't, you can buy it as an extra and have it installed. 
It is advised and highly recommended to always go with an option to make your site more secure. In its simplest form, you'll be able to identify if your site is on HTTPS by the little padlock next to your site's URL. If you're still unsure, you can use tools like HTTP Status, SSL Shopper, SEO Site Checkup or SSL Test to verify your status. You only need to do this once and it is recommended to do it upfront. Next, you'll want to set up your preferred URL version. This basically just means whether you are using www or a non-www version for your site. This is fairly easy to set up and you can do so from within the settings in WordPress admin. Whichever version you decide on doesn't matter as much as the next requirement, which is ensuring consistency. If you've chosen one version, you must ensure that all your URLs follow the same format. Don't mix and match for any reason. Here again, there are various tools that can help you check your site for consistency like HTTP status, SSL test, Jitbit SSL check, Crawl Center, Geek Flare, and Missing Padlock. You only need to do this once, and again, it is recommended to do this upfront. By the way, all of the tools I'm mentioning in this episode has links to them in the show notes below, so be sure to check them out. Next up is a XML sitemap. You can do this manually if you're tech savvy and submit it manually to Google Search Console, or you can use an SEO plugin like Rank Math SEO that'll help you create it, link your site to Search Console and submit it for you. The beauty of this functionality in these SEO plugins is if you make any changes to your site, your sitemap will automatically be updated and resubmitted. So what then is an XML sitemap? A sitemap acts as a roadmap of your site that leads Google to all your important pages. Sitemaps are good for SEO as they allow Google to find your essential pages quickly even if you haven't done a great job on your internal linking. You get different sitemaps which make it even easier to discover your content. You'll typically see a sitemap index that will list all the other sitemaps on your site. Then you can also have ones for pages, posts, media, etc. Rank Math SEO has a comprehensive set of settings for you to decide on and define what gets included or excluded in your sitemaps depending on what you want Google easily to find or not. Next up then is your robots text file. This file tells search engine crawlers which URLs the crawler can and cannot access on your site. This is used mainly to avoid overloading your site with requests. It is not a mechanism for keeping web pages out of Google. To keep your site out of Google, use password protection on pages or no index, which I'll talk about later. Your SEO plugin, again like Rank Math, will also guide you on how to set this up appropriately, taking out all the guesswork. The next thing that I recommend you perform rather regularly is to have your site crawled or recrawled for that matter, and then to look for and fix any errors. There are various tools that will help you do this. You can do this via Google Search Console itself or Screaming Frog, Deep Crawl, SEO Clarity or Sitebulb, just to name a few. Consider this as a required and an essential regular maintenance activity. Next, you need to check and fix both internal and external links. But why? Well, if you link to another page on your site and at some point that page is no longer there, clicking on the link will still try to find it. Or 
You're pointing to an article on another site that no longer exists. Google doesn't like this very much. This is also a crucial maintenance activity. And you can use tools like Dead Link Checker, Broken Link Check, Ahrefs, Dr. Link Check and Sitebulb to do this. Internal and external linking is good for SEO. So you should definitely make an attempt to have many. Just always ensure they're not broken. Another activity you'll want to perform regularly is to check for and fix redirect chains and loops. A redirect chain occurs when there's more than one redirect between the initial link users click and the eventual destination page. A redirect loop is a closed redirect chain. One of the links in the chain is redirected to a URL that is already part of the same chain. After approximately 20 redirections, which is inevitable in a loop, the user never sees the page. These will generally return an error, which is not good. Too many redirect errors indicate that your browser is stuck in an infinite redirection loop. This means your browser is trying to visit one URL, which points to another URL, which points back to the first URL, so it's stuck. Tools like Search Console, SEMrush, Screaming Frog, Sitebulb, Checkbot and Deepcrawl will all help you to identify these issues and ultimately fix them. This next one goes pretty much hand in hand with the last one. Use redirects properly. So how do you do that? Redirects are used to navigate a user from say an old URL to a new URL. Redirects are used for a reason, for plenty of important reasons actually. One simple example is if a user enters your URL in non-www format, but your website is actually at www, a redirect takes place. Or you need to change the URL of a page or a file on your site. Now, why would you even do that, you may ask? Well, for a number of reasons. You're changing or moving to a different CMS. You changed your website structure. You're trying to get rid of duplicate pages. All of these are examples of a URL that used to be and no longer is. So it's crucial that you're pointing users to the right content. If you don't, all they'll get is a bunch of errors you'll get a bad reputation and a bad ranking overall. Tools like Redirect Checker, Redirection, Where Goes and Easy Reader will help you identify these. Another important thing to check periodically is for duplicate or thin content. There are a few types of thin content and it is basically copy that lacks depth or usefulness. The content of your page adds no genuine value to the user. Repetitive or duplicate content, scraped or syndicated content is content that is published on multiple sites beyond the source which broadens its reach and visibility. Doorway or affiliate pages. These pages are usually just pages that are low quality and specifically designed to rank for keywords. Why are they bad? Well, because they usually just redirect users to less useful content or affiliate sites. I'm not saying that affiliation is bad but at least ensure you provide some valuable content and context on your pages and use your links usefully. Google's Panda algorithm and eventually Phantom were launched to push down low quality content in search engines. As a result, many sites lost tons of traffic. So the lesson here is ensure your content is original, relevant and useful. Use tools like SiteLiner, Screaming Frog and Copyscape to help. Next, you'll want to fix missing and duplicate meta titles and descriptions. Title tags and descriptions are bits of HTML code in the header of a web page. 
They help search engines understand the content on a page. A page's title tag and meta description are usually shown in search whenever your page appears. It is good SEO practice that every page or post has it. You don't have to worry about manually putting this meta into the header, by the way. All of this is achieved through your SEO plugin, like RankMath. It actually has a scoring system that guides you while doing your on-page and technical SEO to ensure you cover all the topics that'll help you rank higher for that page. Next, which is another thing, like most before this, that you need to check regularly, is to check for index coverage issues. Google Search Console has a very powerful index coverage report. It presents an overview of all pages on your site that Google bots tried to crawl and index, along with any issues they encountered along the way. A few of these coverage issues are 500 server errors, redirect errors, submitted URLs that were blocked by the robot's text, URLs marked as no index, URLs not found, or the submitted URLs that have crawl issues, meaning something that prevented the Google bots from fully loading and rendering the contents of your page. A couple of remedial actions could include fixing the issue that prevents the page from being crawled, removing the URL from your sitemap and resubmitting the sitemap, deleting any sitemaps that contain the URL, and then obviously also ensuring that these sitemaps are not listed in your robot's file. Next, regularly check for manual penalties. Google is serious about its ranking algorithm, updating it regularly to provide users with the best search experience. This also means penalizing pages or sites that violate their webmaster guidelines. You can incur a Google penalty by intentionally practicing black hat SEO, inadvertently through improper site maintenance or simply due to an algorithm update. Regardless, Google penalties negatively impact your search rankings and in some cases your pages or your entire website could be removed from results. Manual penalties are given by actual Google employees for pages that potentially inadvertent issues like content quality and security or for deliberately manipulating Google's algorithm using Black Hat SEO. Now penalties can be received for any of the following reasons. Thin content or doorway pages, hidden text and links, user-generated spam, unnatural or poor links to your site, keyword stuffing. Keyword stuffing is a search engine optimization technique considered as web spam or spam dexing, in which keywords are loaded into a web page's meta tags, visible content, or backlink anchor text in an attempt to gain an unfair rank advantage in search engines. If your website was hacked, or abusing structured data markup, Structured Data Markup is a machine-readable representation of your product data directly on your site. The markup that's added to your HTML helps Google and other search engines understand and process your content reliably. So some of the consequences of a Google penalty could mean any of the following. Keyword level penalties. Ranking will drop for a particular keyword. URL or directory level penalties. Ranking will drop for a particular URL. Domain-wide or site-wide penalties, ranking will drop for several URLs and keywords across the site. Or delisting or de-indexing. This is the highest level of penalty imposed by Google where they remove your domain from the Google index. As a result, none of your website's content will be shown on Google. Now, manual penalties are relatively easy to identify and fix. In Search Console, you'll go to Security and Manual Actions, here is where you'll see policies that you violated, if any, and which content has been affected. Once you've fixed it, 
you can submit it for review and if approved, your page will be re-indexed. The next one is more of a guideline but generally a good practice. Check that your pages are a maximum of three clicks away. Now it may not always be possible or even relevant, but remember from what I said earlier, it's all about the user's experience. If Google doesn't like the way you're serving content, they won't rank you well. Make your content easily accessible. Yeah, you can use tools, again, like Screaming Frog, Sightbulb, Visual Sitemaps, Octopus, Power Mapper, and Dino Mapper to help you optimize this. Next then is about no index, no follow, and sponsored tags, and the use of them. Before I get into what it is, let me first explain what these are. A no index tag tells search engines not to include the page in search results. A no follow tag instructs search engines not to visit the site or ascribe credit to boost the ranking of the destination site based on the link. A sponsored link implies that the content on the page is an advertisement or paid placement. You would nowadays also use sponsored links for affiliate links. Now Google has no problem with affiliate links as long as they are tagged correctly. So I'm sure the definition of each of these have given you an indication of the what. Always ensure that your links use the right tag that is appropriate for its destination. Your SEO plugin again, like Rank Math, will help you set these appropriately. Next, you'll want to regularly check that all irrelevant pages are disabled from being indexed. Refer back to the no index tag. Pages that typically should not be indexed include author archives, certain custom post types, thank you pages, admin and login pages, and internal search result pages, if you've designed yours that way. Then, regularly review blocked resources. Hashbang URLs. A hashbang URL is a URL that contains a hashtag, simple as that. These URLs are never sent to the server, so they're pretty useless without JavaScript if you depend on them to trigger application logic. A typical example of using these are anchor links. It works because there is JavaScript triggered that scrolls or directs the users to a particular place on your web page or another page on your site. The use of them is pretty common in single page sites, so it's not wrong to use them, it's just that they won't do anything good for your SEO. And then last but not least is to check and ensure to use hreflang for multi-language sites correctly. This attribute tells Google which language you are using on a specific page so that search engines can serve that result to users searching in that language. So essentially, hreflang tags are a method to mark up pages that are similar in meaning but aimed at different languages and or regions. There are three common ways to implement hreflang. Content with regional variations like British or American English. Content with different languages like English, German or French or a combination of different languages and regional variations. The question then remains, should you use hreflang? Use it when you have the same content in multiple languages and if you have content aimed at different geographic regions but in the same language. And that's it for this installment. Now go and practice your technical SEO skills. Join us next time when we dig into SEO for website performance. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Check out our website at ultimatewpguide.com. Follow us on YouTube and social media for news, tips, tricks, reviews and great resources on everything WordPress. If this resource is helping you in any way, I would appreciate your support to keep it alive. So please consider donating to the show. Any contribution will help me cover costs to keep this podcast on the air 
ensuring I can keep sharing and you can keep learning. You'll find the link in the show notes. Until next time, bye for now.